When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Hi, talkers. Thanks for joining us on this wonderful hump day. We're hanging out with Lori and Julia. We've got Holly coming in for a dirt alert very shortly from now, and we're going to get to a very, very salacious vintage scandal eventually here, you guys. Oh, yeah. Salacious. Anything with lunch. I don't even know if it's salacious or, or not. Yeah, I just I wanted either. to use that word. I don't word. even know what it is. I don't know is. if it is either. Really. I haven't even looked. I'm just sitting here like a... Way to hype that up. Yeah, and like now I'm going to really try and hard and find a salacious <laughs> angle. <laughs> um, Lori, you... Have no problem finding no. that with any yeah. story yeah. ever. So, Grant, I think you're That's safe. True. We'll find very, something. Very safe saying that for crying yeah. out loud. <laughs> okay, so I think, you know, we mentioned earlier that, you know, Jennifer Aniston was in uh, that live in front of a studio audience playing Blair on the Facts of Life. My personal um, best award goes to Ann Dowd for playing Mrs. Oh, Garrett in both episodes and her wig that she wore so proudly. I mean, she looked like, she really did. She really did. Who like is Charlotte Ann Dowd? Ray. How do we know her? Ann Dowd from The yeah. Handmaid's Tale. She's, oh, that's what yeah. she's from. Mm-hmm. Oh, I quit watching that. Yeah. So, I mean, but, you know, Jennifer Aniston is very, very famous. One of the most famous people on the planet, yes, I would she is. say. And uh, to see her on a Tuesday night on network TV, you know, yucking it up and just in a wig, in a uniform, yeah. talking about her dinner box and John yeah. Stewart. I mean, she is she is zero Fs to give about oh. what Hollywood thinks about her anymore and what she's going to do with her career. She is in her bleep at 50s. She is having fun. She's yeah. doing things that she wants to do. I love do. it, don't you? Yeah, and she's uh, this is Jennifer Aniston, 2021, and she covers the new issue of The Hollywood Reporter as she is receiving the Sherry Lansing Leadership Award this year. And it's a pretty standard... Um, Jennifer Aniston interview repeating what we've known and have been told many times uh, right. before. And she's surrounded by friends. She's a great host. She's warm and inviting. She loves dogs. She's good friends with Jason Bateman and Jimmy Kimmel and Adam Sandler. It was fun seeing Will Arnett and Jason Bateman show up. And Will Arnett's wig. Wig. Hilarious. He looked really great. And he played the character (laughs) Dink. Dink. Because she loved it. People did have huge hair. Oh, huge hair. And parted down the middle and feathered back. Yeah. Yeah. It it was just, it was so good. And, but you know, as for the gossip, there's not much, you know, she's too much of a pro, but... She does allude to a couple of times to her quote unquote divorce um, from, from Justin one? Thoreau. Okay. Okay. Which she was never married to him. So, and just uh, that it was a difficult time and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And she also 
alludes to at least one reference with Brad Pitt. And I think she did that movie, The Breakup, around that time period. Anyway, but she, she did it with what's his butt? Vince Vaughn. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And right. She kind after of was him. seeing him for a second. Yeah. But mostly the tone, the tone of the interview was she's at the top of her game. And here's my favorite quote. Okay. That's what she says. I was the girl next door, the damsel in distress, the broken hearted, your traditional rom-com themes. And at a certain point, it was like, can't we do something else? Am I just on this part of the cereal aisle? Will I ever get to be a bountiful cashie or some sort of oatmeal? Or am I going to be Fruit Loops forever? Funny. And then you start <laughs> to doubt yourself. Sillier. Maybe I can't. Maybe there's a reason no one is casting me in in different shows or movies now so much as self-generated which is great since I wasn't going to get the jobs I'm really interested in because the industry isn't secure enough to say, yeah, let's try it. They go for the actors they know can play the fancy dramatic roles, but there are still certain directors I'd like to work with who have their pick of who they like. And sometimes I just want to go, I'd love to be part of that club. So that's her saying, I'd like to be in a Wes Anderson or Adam McKay or Scorsese. Why doesn't he come... And cast yeah. her, and um, and I, you know, she's been more entertaining in the last five years than she's been in, since her friend stays, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. With what she's been doing, she's a the Hollywood power show. player, she producer. Was so good on the morning uh, show, so great on that show, and no word if that's ever coming back, Laurie. Yeah, I know. You know, uh, who knows about it? But she's openly declaring that. You know, hey, Scorsese, call me, right? So we'll see, but she looks great in the uh, photo. Oh we posted the photos of the of the cover. Also, she hit back. Um, um, she said um, that she she said I refuse to give into victimhood like my late mother, who just sat so comfortably mm-hmm. in victimhood. And she also said um, that you know. She hates, what's the one assumption that she hates that people have about her? And it's that, that she, she chose her, her career, career over, over being kids. a mom. Yeah. She said, you have no clue with what's going on with me personally or medically. Right. right. Or medically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that would be, I mean, everyone was just wanted to tell her uterus what to do. Yeah. Oh, well, years. people are always wanting to tell uteruses what to do. I know. By the way, when I was at my um Did class, your doctor tell you what your uterus no. should do? No, but I was at my uh, Pilates reformer, my last one-on-one with Clean, mm-hmm. and I was laying down in position, and she says, oh, and she noticed something about my pelvis, and she commented on how it was aligned. And oh, I just looked at her, and I said, well, I have a tipped is- uterus. Maybe that explains it. <laughs> that is so funny that you said that. As many do a tilted uterus. Okay, that's so funny. I thought you were going to say something. Well, it's a one-way vagina. No, no, no. That has anything to do with my pelvis. Anyway. Anything that's happening. No, she... I'm telling you, you know, in watching her in the morning show, the thing that I really like, too, about her is her face moves. She makes expressions. She moves. She's she's her age. She's not overly And that was so HD, and we could see her wrinkles, and we could see the lines, and I thought... I mean, you really could. And she really, I think, except for the last episode, which wasn't her thing because she wasn't writing the scripts, the last episode was horrid. I did not like it It was horrid. But we loved it going into it. Everything besides that last one, which they just ruined everything. 
Yeah, Ugh. I kind of went out in a blaze of it was so uh, disappointment. Because I loved that show until mm-hmm. then. Well, it took us, the first two episodes yeah, were kind of slow, slow, but the middle was so, so good. So meaty and juicy yeah. and good acting. Yeah, it but really yeah, was. The only one that got a nod, well, in the thing that we saw so far, the Critics' Choice, was... Billy, um, Billy Crudup. And he was... He tore it up. He's a... He's amazing. Yeah. And we had such a thing against him because he left um, his pregnant Mary Louise uh, Parker, seven months pregnant, and went with Claire Danes. Eight months, Eight months pregnant. pregnant. So we've been judging him for years. years. <laughs> <laughs> I, can't, I can't tell a lie. That was what yeah. we judged. But I saw him. I remember when I went to New York with my mom and my sisters, which was an epic, epic stories came uh-huh. from that one, Grant, that you have no idea the epic fights we had. Oh, hey. oh, oh yeah. I wasn't even invited. So which I was invited. Low you, blow. Went, you went to wanted to. But I would have helped to soothe oh, the tension. <laughs> we had, my sister and I had the most epic fight in front of the fran- family and friends getting on the little boats to go see the Statue of Liberty. Oh, it was oh. gross. It was gross. I couldn't get away. Um, but anyway, back to, we saw him in this play, Pillow Talk, Billy Cudrup. Mm-hmm. He was so good. Oh, yeah. He was such a good actor. I mean, I forget, because I feel like we haven't seen him really well, in things. Well, he shows up in kind of characters, but this but was we would, a we star We judged turn. him, and I yeah, would judge did. him. Like, I'm not going to see that, because he we left did. his pregnant Well, you girlfriend. know, someone else that we, <laughs> someone else that um, we would be judgy about, particularly because she had such a messy personal life. But she's now 55, double nickels, in the bleep at 50s. Having Halle Berry. Halle Berry. Yeah. Halle Berry. And uh, she is a very sincere actress. I will always stand by that. She was amazing. I'll never forget the Dorothy Dandridge story oh, on great. HBO. I mean, she's a sincere actress. But she had such a messy Love and people life. didn't like working with and her. And people either. didn't like working with I mean, her. Those rumors were true. But one of the things that I, I, I that has always made me think about, well, if nothing else, here, Halle Berry, she's a good sport, is that the year she won the Oscar, she also collected a Razzie and she went in person. Yes, yeah, she did. To do that. And I just have always loved that about her because that. Listen, that's quite, quite see, cool. No one watch, else has done that. Are you going to watch this wrestling movie? Bruised? Yeah, I'll probably watch it. Because Casey, he, he loves, uh, you know, Do you? Uh, will you MMA. watch it, Grant? Yeah. Oh, I'll yeah, 100%. It. Yeah. yeah. I don't have a desire. I, you guys tell me, and then I'll watch we it. We will. But she's going to She's gonna be producing, and that was a huge success that for her was, for Netflix. That was. And she just, I'm glad uh, for her success. She just bad choice in men. Oh, yeah. Terrible. And now she's found a good one. She said this is really good one. But she told I think she was on Seth Meyers last night. And she's like, if I can't show up to collect an Oscar, I can show up to collect a Razzie. I love it. But then she set fire to it after she got home, which was pretty. It's so it must not be metal. No, but it's (laughs) good to clear out the juju. Okay. Yeah. And she had fun accepting it. You know, she just made fun of it. And they were so shocked. That she, she was up. coming. That's funny. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. She said, I went to it and I just was like, well, we take ourselves so seriously and I'm just going to go. And the people that put it on couldn't have been more shocked, surprised, and delighted. Right. You know, very often how people feel after a first date with you, Julia. Oh. Shocked, <laughs> surprised, and delighted. Oh, right. <laughs> By the way, They're Holly so also 
posted, there was um, West Side Story had their premiere last night, and uh, we posted uh, the photos of it. That movie opens Friday. It's sitting at a solid 95% on Rotten Tomatoes. Looks good. But Rachel Ziegler, who is the lead, there's an amazing picture of, of her with uh, Rita Moreno. That's just, it's great. She wore a gorgeous Ellie Saab dress. Just looks so She's the star. Yeah. Do you know that no actress has ever won an Oscar for a Spielberg film? Actors, men have. Oh, yeah. But not one woman. They won. Bridge of Spies, Daniel Day-Lewis for Lincoln. No woman has ever. Lori, look at that little factoid. Just thought I'd throw in some Hollywood news. That is a good one. All right, well, listen, speaking of Hollywood news, Holly Hollywood is coming up with our Dirt Alert. We'll be right back. This is a My Talk Dirt Alert. Hello, Holly. Good afternoon. Hey, good afternoon. Happy hump day, guys. Let's start with a little vintage story that's out on page six this afternoon. And this is Sean Cassidy talking about his late half-brother, David Cassidy. Sean Cassidy said it was terribly hard watching David Cassidy struggle with alcohol. He said in a recent interview to Page Six, I've seen it in every family and it's so painful and nobody really has the right rule book on how to manage it. Now, if you recall, David Cassidy passed away in 2017 at the age of 67 from liver and kidney failure after battling alcohol for many years. Now, Sean also noted that his older brother had a different upbringing than he did. He said he had a very different experience with our father than I Mm -hmm. did, the late Jack Cassidy. He had a different mother, and he had a different experience career-wise, Sean Cassidy's mother being Shirley Jones. That's right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and he said of uh, David Cassidy, I loved and adored him, and he was a funny guy, as you'll ever meet. He said we did a Broadway show called Blood Brothers together for a year, and it was... Remember that? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It was great working with him and very cathartic because we both felt connected to our dad. Yeah, for for like one year, David Cassidy, one or two years, I think the fact is he had more fans than Elvis Elvis. and more fans than the Beatles. Whatever that one year that was his... 70s. The 73 maybe Mm -hmm. or something like that was Sam Rolling Stone. He was just worldwide. Oh, yeah. And he talked about like how difficult that was to deal with that. Sure. Yeah. Just the crushing fame. Yeah. And being scrutinized so much. And then, you know, David Cassidy dealing with that uh, incident in London where a fan died. died. Right. Yeah. And he was of the age. So he was 19. So he had young girls, you know, like, you know, teenagers liking him. And then he had 35 year olds liking him and 40 year old. Like he was kind of. It wasn't like Donny Osmond. He was like famous, like at 13, 14. You know, he didn't have grown women throwing themselves at him, but he, David was older. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And Sean Cassidy, a teen heartthrob in his own yeah, right, being was. star of the Hardy Boys. Mm-hmm. I was made for dancing. All oh, of yeah. those. All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. 
I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game, and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Yes, <laughs> yes. yes. You know, and with David Cassidy, too, you the, the way that his father passed away. Very Terrible. tragic. Didn't he, didn't he, he die in, in bed fire. on fire? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he lit a cigarette and fell asleep. Yep. He dropped the cigarette, it ignited the couch, and then the flames spread throughout his apartment. Yeah, uh, yeah Jack Cassidy. And he was a big drinker, too, I believe. Oh, and he was violent to yeah. David. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, it was a pretty tragic passing of Jack Cassidy. So, you know, David Cassidy deal- dealing with a lot. And Sean life. is a big producer. Yes, he is. Mm-hmm. Yes, he is. He so. does a lot of shows you would know. Yes, and I can't name any of them no, off the top I, of my like, head right now. We have now. a friend that is like a super David mm-hmm. Cassidy fan and went and met David Cassidy's last girlfriend in L.A. not too long ago. I mean, like super fan. And it's interesting hearing all the stories because um, he was a big part of our life. David Cassidy? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, You know, just like you guys just mentioned, he was the biggest star in the He's world. Yeah. Yes, his star. We even talked to Marie Osmond about him the other day. Yeah, you guys just had that the other day. Mm-hmm. And if you miss Lori and Julia's chat with Marie Osmond, go check out the podcast, I believe, from Monday, Hour 1. Yes, it was. She's Fa- great. Fabulous, fabulous. Hey, let's talk about the best movies of the year. According to the American Film Institute, they've released their list of the top films and shows of the year. Here, according to the AFI, the movies of the year include movies like Don't Look Up, Dune, King Richard, Licorice Pizza, Nightmare Alley, The Power of the Dog, Tick, Tick, Boom, The Tragedy of Macbeth, West Side Story, and the film Coda. I In Coda, I just want to tell people, so it's sweet. so good. It's on Apple Plus, and it's oh. Children of Deaf Adults. That movie... Amazing. Is so wonderful to watch. And is this a documentary? No, no it's, it's a movie, movie about children, a, a family. Everybody in it is a deaf, deaf actor, Marley Matt, Matlin, and it's really a wonderful one, movie. Everyone's deaf in the family, but the girl, and the she one, wants to sing. Yeah. Oh wow! It, yeah, it's, it's so really good. good. Well, it's so just got good. a it's got a title that's not memorable, you right. know. But it means children of deaf, deaf adults. adults. It's it's really it's good. the most movie. It's one of my favorites. Of the year. Yeah, yeah, it really is. Fantastic. And that's on Apple TV Plus if yes. you want to check that out. Uh, as far as TV programs of the year, the American Film Institute has selected the following hacks made Mayor of Easttown, Reservation Dogs, Schmigadoon, Succession Ted Lasso, The Underground Railroad, WandaVision, and The White Lotus. Have you guys watched The Underground Railroad? Everyone I, I loves did. that. I did, but it was so it's painful. It's hard, isn't it? That's it what I so, heard. Yeah. I, it, was, it was a really tough show yeah. to watch. Yeah, I it heard it's fantastic, intense. Intense. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, some of the, I, I, mm-hmm. out of all of those, I think we all like hacks. Yeah. Oh, loved. Yeah, loved. Loved. Yeah. 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 So, and then, you know, Mayor of Easttown, Very Buzzy, The White Lotus. Mm-hmm. So, so, so your favorite shows yeah. are being honored by the American Film Institute today. So, the special awards, by the way, go to the movie Belfast, Squid Game, and Summer of Soul. Hmm. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. So, some things to put on your dance card. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you, American Film Institute. Chloe Kardashian says she's feel like she's having an out of body experiment experience amid Tristan Thompson's paternity scandal. 
Oh, geez. Yes. She said, to be honest, I'm barely in my own body right now. Please don't read into anything. Also, please don't tear me apart because you assumed something. I guess, you know, what? I have more sympathy for Chloe, but she went so hard in on all of his side pieces. Every time. I mean, she's always wants grace for herself, but she's bad about giving it to others that get in the Kardashian uh, I way. Feel, I, I do feel sad for her, though. Because, don't. Don't. Uh, she's not going to sit in victimhood. She doesn't well, care anything. No, I just. But I'm just saying that is yeah. her thing. You know, she always wants grace for herself, but she is real stingy with her grace. <laughs> I get it. Um, I get it. It's all these uh, women that. Right. <laughs> it's not their fault that Trist. Do you know what I'm saying? She's sure. Yeah, because, well, we kind of know, at least according to this woman, personal trainer, Marley Nichols, about the conversation she was having with Tristan Thompson. And then eventually she's like, well, this is your child, Tristan. And what he says, I'll give it? you seventy five thousand dollars for you to go away. To do with I mean, raising a child is like a half two hundred fifty thousand dollars. So that really is going to go. Oh, well. Julia, it wasn't even seventy five thousand no. oh, dollars. It? it was seventy four thousand yeah. dollars. That to me is just so gross. He's mm-hmm. so gross. He's gross. Yeah. Yeah. Well, one can only hope that Khloe Kardashian perhaps will come to some sort of amicable relationship with Tristan Thompson, considering they have a child together. Well, you would think. You would I mean, think. the thing is, is that he made a fool out of her. He did, not once, not, not twice, twice, but, but at three, least three times. times. He has three times. times. And he made a fool out of her the fourth time by having a pregnant girlfriend when he first asked Chloe out. Yeah, so it's, really, it's, oh, he really, yeah, don't forget that, that he, he had a really, six-month pregnant yeah. girlfriend when he asked Chloe out and on her first date. she didn't know about it when they, she said yes so, the first time. Yeah. I mean, people don't just say, by the way, I'm asking you, and I've got this other gal yeah. pregnant on the first date. Yeah. <laughs> That's a fifth date conversation. Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh. Oof, woof. All right. I mean, really, he has put her through, oh, I, I just do not like her. with him. Yes, please be done. Hey, Gina Davis is done with her ex, Reza Jarare. They finalized their divorce. Finally, they've been separated in, since November of 2017. Whoa. Wow. Yeah, they have three kids together. And part of the uh, agreement for them divorcing is that the kids are changing their last name. So that Davis, it used to be hyphenated. That's going to be a middle name now. Oh. Their last name is just the name of their dad. Okay. There you wow. Go. Isn't Look, it that's funny really that Tachi... We don't want your hyphenated <laughs> name, Mom and Dad. No, nope. we're just going so with touchy. one. It's so long. Oh, that's your hump day dirt. <laughs> Thanks, Thank Holly. you, Holly. You're welcome. And then there was a scandal. Vintage scandal. It was quite the scandal. All right. Well, I made a note quite a while ago to tell you guys this story, and it might have been... Earlier this year, when there was a documentary on Showtime or HBO about Rick James. Oh, yeah. And um, what was his song again? Super Freak. Yeah. Super He's a Freak. freak. We'll, a super uh, Freak? Uh, want to sample we, it right now? Yeah, let's sample right. it. That song was everywhere. 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 And Rick James was everywhere. And so, you know, the story of Prince and Rick James, you know, all I really I knew was that... Um, Prince opened for Rick James and it was the last time he ever opened for anybody. And that's something that there, it was a legendary 
feud about it. I mean, Dave Chappelle has oh, joked about yeah. it. The They're, best skits of all time uh, are on that yeah. whole the whole thing. And even how Prince became available to go on the Rick James tour, he opened for the Rolling Stones. Right. He got cans and beers and everything. People just hated him. Yep. And so, so they dumped him. the Rolling Stones dumped Prince and they said, you know, he was just going to open like West Coast dates. Sure. But they were just like, no, after the L.A. And Prince was like, he was just fine with it, too. Because, like, these people are crazy, right. you know. And so it's because it's 1980. So here's the deal. Um, instead of, you know, you think, oh, God, you'd think these two guys so funky, they might have kicked it off. But he, Rick James invites Prince to be the opening act on Fire It Up, which was his tour in early 1980. Okay. And Prince wasn't touring with the Stones, so he had a availability in the schedule. And at that point in 1980, Prince was a rising star. He'd had the Dirty Mind album, you know, Warner Brothers. He got, you know, he's 18 years old. He gets this unbelievable record deal. And then his music was so completely different. And the thing that Prince had right away is he had a black and a white crowd. Mm-hmm. Very mixed. Okay. People, you know, it was like rockers liked it. Punk, people liked punk or new Except wave. for the people on the Rolling Stones tour. The Rolling Stone, which was just, you know, that's classic rock and roll. Right. They don't want different to hear anything genre. different. Yeah, different right? genre completely. Which is ironic because, you know, Black Pumas opened for them. and yeah. They've always been known as having this bluesy, funk. bluesy, but mm. being um, brave and trying new artists, you right. know, or having giving people a break. So, anyway, and Rick James, he was like, oh, I could maybe like this kid. I could take advantage of the people who like him. He's a rising star. He can open for me. And, you know, uh, he decided for both publicity and economic reasons when his managers, you know, said, hey, this is who's available. Let's have him uh, open the tour for you. So but little did Rick James know that uh, it would be one of the defining musical relationships of his career, but not for the right reason. And so just to show you how similar their careers are, both Rick James and Prince released their debut solo albums in 1978. Oh, really? Okay. I and, thought Rick James was much older. Well, he is, and he was in, what was his band? Uh, oh, Le Chic? Yeah, Eli Sheik, I think you're was right, his Larry. band. Yeah, so. so this was now he's gone solo, and okay. so uh, and both their careers would be very different, but yet you know, kind of at the end of their both of their lives, they had kind of similar things happen okay. to them. But the fired up tour with Rick James and Prince was hailed as the Battle of Funk, <laughs> and that was an understatement. The battle was a war, and a war that was a protracted one. Um, Rick James's friend. And saxophonist David Lamell in this uh, very funny cartoon, Mike Judge's Tales from the Tour Bus, is a cartoon. Mm-hmm. And it's got the real people in it, but cartoon, too much swearing. I would have played a little bit, but he okay. recalls how the live show. So both Rick James and Prince were jealous of each other. Oh, yeah. And they both viewed the they other. They both were. They yes. both were. They both okay. viewed the other. Because remember, Rick James, yes, he's. You know, 10 years older or whatever, but he also is an experienced performer and he's sure of where his place in the world is. And 
you know, I'll, Prince is 20. Rising right? up right rising behind up. him. <laughs> so they both sort of thought they had, they could see something in the other that they liked. So they would both watch each other's performances from the wings with the jealousy quickly bubbling up. And shortly after, after, um, after like the tour opened, not long after, Rick James claimed that Prince stole his dance moves. <laughs> his aesthetics, and then down the road, even his idea for forming a girl group when Prince formed Vanity Six. Right. Wow. Rick James was like, "That was my idea wow. first. And right. the, this, uh, the saxophonist on that tour said, um, "You know, they felt that Prince and his band were snobs, and that he one time forced Prince to drink cognac, and he made Prince cry." Now that's just what he says in okay, his that memory. That is such a ridiculous thing. But <laughs> to I can even see... say we made him drink cognac and he cried. Yeah, well, There's maybe they more... tricked him. Yeah, they oh. might have tricked him or something. He wasn't a Jehovah's Witness or anything. No, back but then. I don't think he was a big drinker or partier or anything. No. Oh my no, god! He wasn't, well, no. And cognac, if you took a big swallow of it and you thought it was coke, it could maybe make you like it would cry make your in that eyes sense. Water yeah, and your throat burn. Anyway, after the tour was over, animosity would reach a fever pitch. The story goes that Prince would make Rick James work harder than he'd ever worked before because Rick James was insanely jealous of Prince, <laughs> that it was all so effortless for him. Okay. And then adding to all of that, Rick James was so open. He would tell everybody who would listen. That he hated Prince. Yes. yes. That drives yes. me crazy. Um, he- and just showing how far their competition formed. So when Prince formed uh, The Time with Morris Day, Rick James started his gro- group, Process and the Do-Rags. Oh, what a horrible name. What a horrible, horrible process. Name. I know it. And then Rick James wrote Eddie Murphy's mega hit, Party All the Time, oh, I love that. Yep. Yep. in 1985 as a means of kicking back against Prince's Purple Rain fame because he wanted to, he wanted um, Eddie Murphy to stick it to Prince and yep. have the biggest song in 1985. And that mm. that is where the Charlie Murphy's True Hollywood Stories thing came from with Dave Chappelle. So Charlie Murphy, or, uh, uh, the brother of Eddie Murphy, obviously narrates these whole things and tells oh. it from what he learned, learned from his brother. So if you're looking for a good oh. laugh, just Google Charlie Murphy's Murphy. True Hollywood Stories, Rick James. And you will see the jealousy. Even Rick James is in the interviews and he talks openly about his drug use, his hatred for Prince. And it's pretty funny. Charlie Murphy. Okay. True Hollywood stories. Stories. And you know, Charlie Murphy, Eddie's brother, died maybe recently, two two years ago. Sadly. Oh, yeah. Um, So, anyway, and of course, uh, one time allegedly Prince refused to sign an autograph for Rick James's mother. And this angered Mr. Super Freak so much that he wanted to fight Prince. Oh, and, and Prince is so little compared to Rick James. <laughs> well, I don't know that Rick was that big. Well, he's taller Rick, than Prince. Yeah, Rick recalled in his memoir, Glow, he even wrote, Prince had dissed my mom and I was going to kick his scrawny ass. Yes. And then Prince's manager made Prince call and apologize <laughs> for the diss of and, not and, signing an autograph why for your was, mom. Grant, I can't remember, why was Dave Chappelle so obsessed with these two? 
Uh, it's just because kind of legendary. He, he was a legendary story, but Charlie Murphy worked with Dave Chappelle on the show as yeah. one of his writers oh, and one okay. of his bit guys. And he's like, dude, I got these great stories okay. from back in the day with me and my brother, Eddie. Let's okay. turn it into a and skit. And remember, Eddie would have been getting invited to everything, everything. because he would have been a and Char- huge. Charlie came along with him for all these. So he yeah. witnessed all these feuds. And Prince and- is coming up and he would have like met him. Were Prince wasn't and Eddie he- friends at all or no? I'm sure they yes. knew each they other. Were? If you watch yeah. the the thing I mentioned, it seems like they Eddie like was him. more friends with Prince, Prince than he was with because Rick James. Rick James had a cocaine problem, yeah. so he was yes. very explosive. In fact, yes. by the end of the 80s, Prince had clearly won everything because Prince was on top of the world. And Rick James and his wife went to prison for two years yes. for, for imprisoning. What? And for the kidnap and torture of a young girl and the kidnap and beating of a record company executive. Stop. And Rick James passed away in 2004 after heart failure attributed to drugs Drugs. in his blood. And, of course, Prince, you know, an accidental overdose. So Mm kind of interesting. And you can see it would have been amazing if they could have ever collaborated together. Right. But, yeah, he was jealous of the Young Turk. It's funny you say that, cocaine, because in that interview, he he references it all the time. He goes, cocaine's a hell of a drug. Yeah, That's yeah, how he always really? made an excuse for everything, everything that he did bad. He finished everything. it with, well, cocaine's a hell of a drug. People, <laughs> I wonder, because it's kind of interesting if you look back. I watched, oh, I'm sorry. Am I in well, we got to go. Oh, I mean, right. unless you have some just really brilliant cocaine, thought. No, just how cocaine. It was so prevalent in the 80s in a it way that It was so big in a way that I don't know so any acceptable. drug has been anymore. Yeah. It you was know? very accepted. Everybody did oh, yeah. it everywhere. And it, but it changed personalities. Oh, yes, it did. Whereas, there were friendships that ended yeah. because of that. Where mm-hmm. you see yeah. people smoking pot and stuff, that doesn't change yeah. the, the dynamic yeah. of friendships. It was yeah. really. Well, we'll go out with a 1980 song by Prince off of the. I think the Dirty Minds album. Yeah, let's hear it. Right. I mean, imagine if those two had collaborated. <laughs> I know, that would have so been epic. Funny. All right, listen, we'll be right back. Well, we had yeah. to play a little Come Together by the Beatles. You know, good song, right? Oh, beautiful song. Oh, great song. Great song. Okay, so um, what else do we know? Well, we did have sad news yesterday, Julia, I about... Um, a, Local chef. Yeah, and, Jack Rebels yeah, passed away. A friend of so many here at the station and so many people we know. In the Twin Cities. Mm-hmm. He was the chef behind the Butcher and the Boar and at the Lexington. Really? He was oh, only 55. No. And he had a rare form of cancer. Very, oh. And I guess, I guess Jack celebrated his birthday November 26th and got hundreds of Facebook messages. Yeah. And his final message was, thank you all for the birthday wishes and blessings. It was a grand day indeed. And just as the local culinary community and, mm-hmm. of course, his family, obviously, really, really, because he was just like... He, in the business since he was like 15 years old. And a great guy. His first restaurant, do you know what it was? No, tell me. It was, I mean, it was, what did it used to be before it was uh, FEMA's, that beautiful Art Deco restaurant? Oh, Goodfellas. Oh, yes. FEMA's too. Oh, yeah, gosh, remember that? That was his first major kitchen yeah. was Goodfellas, which that oh, is. That was such a beautiful And building. it still is. I mean, yeah. Yeah. It's, that is Very such a gorgeous so. restaurant. But he, he, uh, like when he was at Goodfellow, that restaurant was so hot. Goodfellow's um, for a time, he cooked for Julia Child, Mikhail Gorbachev, Billy Joel. Wow. Then he went to La Belle V. Yeah, you know, and so just a lot of people I know. Both uh, Stephanie Stephanie's. Stephanie March Stephanie and Stephanie Hansen wrote about him, and Steph March wrote a really beautiful um, mm-hmm. tribute to him in MSP Magazine. So 
And I looked, I read yeah. it online. So anyway, and we got to know him when he was Mr. Manuary. That's he was, he right. Was our, you were out of town for some reason or something. And his charity was kids and he never had kids of his own, but he always felt like, I mean, reading what the Stephanie's wrote is that the kids that he would work with in the kitchens and everything. And yeah, just, he sounded like yeah, he was, cool I mean, guy. from the little we knew him, mm-hmm. a great guy giving back always. And Sue Zellickson, you know, she was quoted. Oh. Uh, they talked to her. They knew him. She knew him really well. She said he, everything he did to the ninth degree and uh, he shared his knowledge and skills like Zellickson worked with him. He donated his 500 uh, collection of of cookbooks. Oh. And uh, she worked with him, and she said he lived on a second floor of a duplex, and the whole thing was lined with cookbooks that were signed by him. And so it was, he was national, international. He trained with so many people. He just right. made his mark everywhere. So, and just weeks ago, St. Paul College's uh, culinary arts instructor presented Jack with the school's first honorary doctor of uh, fine arts degree. Oh. So that's that's pretty cool, but yeah. he didn't, you know, he didn't leave the Lexington until the end of uh, oh, Lori, he was there to the at the end, mm-hmm. late November. Yep. So anyway, and uh, yeah, so just thinking about him, and I really encourage you to read Steph March's um, Instagram tribute to him, yeah, or in Minneapolis St. Paul magazine. Yeah, yeah, I just read it online today. So, and then also, you know, Brother Jules, who spun records for. Prince and was a longtime DJ at KMOJ, uh, has passed away. From a stroke. Ro- yeah, Rowan, Rowan Preston wrote about yeah, that. Yeah, he was only so, 50. 50. Yeah, so, geez, Louise. And he was... Watch uh, your blessings, people. No kidding. He did the uh, the Twilight Zone, was his show on Friday and Saturday. But he just was really good at rocking a crowd. And Prince loved to have him be his DJ at parties. That's cool. Yeah. 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 So, so anyway, and if you're going down to First Avenue tonight, you're going to enjoy the John Lennon uh, show. And actually, it's like the 42nd year of this because Curtis A and some other band, when they heard about Lennon, mm-hmm. they just got together and just did. started doing right. Beatles songs. Wow. At First Avenue. Right. You know, and so that was really considered the first show it was that night sounds cool yeah yeah it is um yeah uh so anyway and i mean he is is i mean john lennon his name goes way past uh you know even with the with the beatles i mean mm-hmm. he stands alone and i suppose it's because of his the way you know he was assassinated oh, you know gosh, so that, that was gives so, it a whole yeah, other level of you yes, know it does tragedy mm-hmm. if you ever go to central park and go over to yes, strawberry remember, fields and, past the dakota building and all that we've done all that you know that building is something else. it really is i wonder how many rooms are haunted in that place Yikes. Well, you know? who else lived there the well, guy I mean, I no always... the guy lived there that um oh I think they used the exterior of the Dakota. Yes, we did that for Rosemary's Baby. But but yes, there's someone who did have a an author on who did a whole history of the Dakota. And he would hang out with Lennon and. Mm Oh, what was his name? And we loved that book. Was was it Swans or something? Or I feel like there was a swan on the cover of it. Yeah. All right. Well, there we go. There's our book memory history. Don't forget. You know. That we're having the elves on the um, my talk shelves. The host on a post. Yeah, Julia. I know. <laughs>
But yes, you do look like an elf because you got your hat, Santa hat. Yeah, on. and so we and you don't have know to, who's a, you have to look all over the web page. And it could be a fun thing. Put your kids on it and go yeah. to the MyTalk 1071 have site. Have them find it. And have them find it and register. Maybe you don't guys tell can... them you could win a thousand dollars. Tell them they'll get five bucks <laughs> right. if they find it, and then you don't even have to do any of the work. Right. There you go. Oh, Buy them no, a candy but bar. There's fun stuff. You know, I even in looking through it see different things on our site that I didn't know were there. Exactly. So it's our site has really got a lot of great stuff. We on post it. the most fashion. Is we that we post the most red carpet and the most fashion? That's definitely that's a specialty for. of mm-hmm. ours that we like to like. Today, you know, we have two red carpets. We have the People's yes. Choice, otherwise no known to. as the D List. Yes, and then the <laughs> red carpet of West Side Story, and then we have Faith Hill and Tim McGraw on the cover of People. And you have to tell us what is going on. It must just be extreme Photoshop, Larry, because she does not look like she looks like Faith Hill. And it doesn't, it, because Faith Hill doesn't look like she had surgery to change her face. It looks like they lengthened her nose, and I know nobody's getting that surgery. Not yet, anyway. No. <laughs> Michael no. Jackson Would you please up? add more to my nose? Right. I'd like more length <laughs> and a bigger tip. <laughs> there may be something else for that. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right, everybody, have a great night. Thanks for hanging out with us. Job done. Off you go.